Okay, we're live. What's going on, D-Bags? Hope you guys are doing great. Uh, we're back at it again with another episode of the Detox Podcast, episode 75, actually. Um, my name is Darren Rita. Feel free to connect with me at any of the links down below. Um, and if you're new here and you enjoy music, podcasts, or comedy, consider subscribing. We're almost at 600, so we're trying to hit that before the end of the year. Um, before I introduce you guys, my guest this week, uh, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about car insurance. These days, it feels as if you're able to do more and more from home. So while you're at home, why aren't you saving money on your car insurance? Your hometown agency of Kenosha Auto Insurance specialized for years in simple, hassle-free insurance using the latest in touch-free technology to help you and your family get the best rates. So what are you waiting for? Give them a call today at 262-448-4141. That's 448-4141. And the website is kenoshains.com. It's on the screen right now. Um, one last time, that's 262-448-4141. Uh, please give them a call. They will get you the best rates. Now, with all that being out of the way, I'm excited to introduce you guys to my guest this week. She is one of the, well, was one of the founders, right, of, mm -hmm. of UBMW Corp, yes. and has now moved on to My Sister's House, um, which is an organization out in Kenosha, correct? Based yes. on Kenosha. Yes. And um, is, is basically here to give us some knowledge here at Detox. So let's give a wet Detox welcome <laughs> to Elizabeth Webb. We, we don't have the clap track. <laughs> I say I'm going to get it every week, and I don't do it. First off, congrats on... Uh, on the change, obviously, I'm, I just found out about the change yeah. right before we went live. So, um, what what sparked that? I guess first off, or, or what is my sister's house? First off, and well, then we'll talk about the change. Well, my sister's house is um, is basically my organization, and it's what I'm implementing into Kenosha and what I'm bringing to Kenosha for a change within mm -hmm. the community. So. Um, it's been an idea I've been running across for years now. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a catering, but um, catering thing, but because I had spinal surgery, I can't really do the catering like yeah. I was. So I'm just focusing on the community work that I'm doing. So Okay. So um, what is it you're trying to do and change in the community for those that don't know? Well, right now we're, um, we're offering different resources to families in need or people in need in Kenosha. Um, things that people wouldn't normally know about or have access to, mm -hmm. we're kind of just bringing that to them, bringing it forward and giving them an easier access to it. Okay. You know, so like right now we're just, um, we're doing a coat and toy drive for sweet, the holidays. Sweet, sweet. So we've gotten like plenty of donations. We're still getting donations coming in. That's we awesome. just did our first delivery of coach yesterday. So that oh, was amazing. Cool, cool. So we had got close to well 18 families we got 18 families so we went out delivering um, close to everybody yesterday and then um, we're doing the toy part um in another two weeks we'll be doing that oh cool and delivering gifts out to the family so what um what kind of inspired you to, to take this route of of almost you know community service like mm -hmm. what well because I'm I'm from the community you know like I've raised my three kids by myself as a single mother in Kenosha and there was always things that you can reach out for, like resources that you can use, but it was only it was very limited mm -hmm. to the amount that you can use or utilize. I feel like a lot of people don't know. Too. Yeah, That's and something that I, you know, even yeah. even out here, like I know there are things, but I'm just not aware of them. Yeah, and then it's like you have to dig around to find it, you know, mm -hmm. like or hopefully someone tells you something about it, and it's just like you go through life and you could have did this different, and you didn't know that all that time you know like you could have saved the whole heartache of five years of struggling if you known about this one thing you know so and they're not freely giving out that information to people i don't know why i don't know what the controversy is there but 
I found a struggle. It was a struggle to find the help that you needed, you know? Which I can imagine is, is especially frustrating when, you, you know, you mentioned being a single mother and mm-hmm. whatnot in Kenosha. Right. Um, what What is it like, obviously, you know, just wanted to give back to the community, maybe making it a little bit easier. Right. What was, like, the call to action? Like, when were you like, okay, I need to... I need to now is the time to get involved because obviously you may have felt that way for a while but when was it like I need to do this when um I witnessed Frank Nitty marching to marching from Milwaukee to Washington DC and my son was struggling he's been struggling mentally with like a PTSD almost because he was got involved with some people just the wrong type of crowds or whatever and was getting jumped and like he was afraid to do anything, afraid to go out the house, afraid to get on the bus, yeah. afraid to go to school. Like, and I was seeing him struggle, you know, and so he ended up going to jail. He was in jail for four months, and when Frank came walking, he came walking right past my house, and the excitement in my son, his want to be out there, you know, and know that somebody's fighting for people like him. It made me go out and do that because I knew he couldn't go do it, and yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I, and I had time on my hands, you know. Like I've been off work since October. I had um, a back, a serious back injury, and I had to have uh, major spine surgery in February. So I still hadn't been able to work, you know. And by the grace of God, I was able to walk still, you know, after the surgery because I could have been paralyzed. I was almost paralyzed. Oh my goodness! You know, so. I was able to walk, and I was like, "Well, I'm walking." Yeah. You know, like I didn't march. That's a good way to put it. That's <laughs> yeah. a good way to look at it. I didn't march. I didn't march the whole time. I didn't march a lot of the time, but I marched enough. You know, like, and it just felt like I had missed so much because I all I've done is work. You know. Yeah. So like I've missed so much of any opportunity of trying to be out there and make a change. Yeah. You know, like, and I felt like I was fighting by myself. I was fighting this fight against the school system, against the um, healthcare system, you know, like the work environments. I've always worked and it was always a struggle, you know, like it was always just like, you couldn't, you didn't have time to go to school because you were working so much, you yeah. know? So. What did you do before, before um, all this? Before this, I, well, I worked at Amazon before this and before that I have been a cook um, for. Okay, so that's where the catering yeah, I've been, was. Yeah, I've been oh, gotcha. in the food service for over a little bit over 28 years. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. experienced in yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, gotcha. I ended up going back to school um, for some time at cul- for culinary arts at Gateway. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Like, that's always been my passion. Like, and I love doing big events. I've always done big catering events and things like that. And it's just my sister's. Well, it's actually my sister's place, but because of the wording, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. when we went to go get the name, I had to go with house. So, but my sister's house has like always been an idea that I wanted to. It bring. Originally, it was going to be food related. Yeah, okay. originally it was going to be food related. Like it was going to be, um, but it was going to be kind of co- community service as well <laughs> because I was like talking about offering food to people to families like. Because as a mother, and my kids were very active in the sports, in the sports, they, um, but I would work, I would go drop kids off at practice, pick kids up from practice, mm-hmm. or go to games and come back from games, and like you're running so much, you don't have time to sit down and make a, a meal for your kids. Yeah. And it's like, you go in there, you go do the same thing, it's the same routine, you got three kids that you have basketball practice soccer practice and another basketball practice yeah and you're trying to get home and get you gotta work and do yeah and then you gotta work and do my my stuff too who really has a has a chance to actually cook a a really healthy meal for them and i thought about my friends and um other people that i had met out there during that time 
and how people are like literally giving their kids, just shoving fast food down their kids' throats, you know? Yeah. America has the highest rate of obesity in, in child yeah. in children, you know? So it's just like, if you can cook a healthy, a healthy meal or have that prepped and ready for a family to pick up, they're like, hey, I know you got 30 minutes, just swing by, grab it, it's ready for you, pop it in the oven, <laughs> yeah. and go, you know? Yeah. Kind of my sister's place. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Gotcha. So that's just been a focus. And it's just like, and my brother as well has been always implementing to me, like helping the kids and making sure that you reach out for someone else's kids. So at my sister's house, we, we're trying to strive to develop programs where the kids don't have to feel like they have to go home and be at home by themselves. Oh, I got you. You know, you extend your time, you extend your your day to these children that are in need to these families that are working two jobs a day and yeah. they can't go home, but their kids are at home and they're they're They've taken away all the community serve or community centers that the kids could possibly utilize. Especially right now. Yeah. yeah. In Kenosha. Like we had the CYC, we had the Lincoln center, we had the other boys and girls club, all that is gone. So you have, now you have the boys and girls club and it costs an arm and a leg. You know, mm -hmm. and even if you're working two jobs, sometimes it's very pricey, especially if you got three and four kids, you know? Yeah. So, like, trying to bring back a community center like that for the kids to be able to... How much is it now for the Boys and Girls Club or, or like, a YMCA? I know well, YMCA is, like, 30 a month, isn't it? 30 to 32 a month? I'm not really sure because when... Over $76 right now. What is it? Over 76 in Kenosha? Oh my goodness! Because I know when my wow. kids, she's twenty two now. So yeah. when they were when they were little, it was sixty five dollars for the boys and girls club oh per child, God. and then one hundred twenty five dollars per per sport. Wow! <laughs> you know, Holy so, cow! You know, like you're working and that's yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, especially and like I think um, for me personally, that's something like there's not a lot of i don't know out in kenosha mm -hmm. per se but i know um out here we don't have like a ton of great like parks and whatnot and right. we, we do have them we have right. a bunch but um i know like that's something when i i went and lived out in janesville there was a huge community of guys where we would all just go hoop like you know older right. men young kids everything would go like play basketball and whatnot at parks right. i think that's super important yeah to have something is. parks versus rec plexes though and things like that are very different mm -hmm. in that you know anybody can just waltz up yeah, to the park yeah you and don't have control over it. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah, lot of stuff you know? you know and so i think i definitely like the idea of uh of trying so is that like a goal that you'd like yeah. to accomplish yeah i'm trying to um get some things in and play for that and i know with like we're basically out of school school shut down so everybody's on virtual stuff for my friend's um son he's in a disability school mm -hmm. so um they need the hands-on training, so they're going to school. He's autistic, so um, he goes to school. But um, with school being out the way it is, I'm hoping to implement this, you know, like within the next, by next fall, you know. Yeah. And then there's a, a couple different programs that we're working towards, too. And this is like the non-bullying program that we're trying to instill, you know, so. How do, how do you go about how do you go about start trying like what is a non-bullying program non-bullying program is where you implement um well my program <laughs> is yeah. where you implement um a washer uh, washers and dryers into the school so a lot of kids get bullied for their clothes not being clean they oh, really? are not being able to afford to get, have wash wash clothes or new clothes you know and mm. a lot of kids are 
are mean. A lot of kids are mean. Yeah. And it's hurtful. And it like it gives the kids it it breaks them down a little bit more because you never know what they're what they're going through at home. So by taking that thought and taking that fear of them, you know, going to school with dirty clothes, they already have the breakfast um, the breakfast club that come in early in the morning. So why not during that time take their clothes, make sure they have a clean set of clothes right there that they can go put on. We'll take that yeah. clothes and wash it while they are eating and breakfast. Interesting. You know, like and then I think that's a good. Um, Definitely a good first step right. to to handling. Th- I would I wouldn't have thought of that personally. Yeah, um, it's just like it's you very just, simple, yeah, but you know, it's very simple. Helpful. And you would just you can't even imagine just that one little that one little change that they have in their day. Yeah, is how it affects them. You know? Well, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, especially when you like if you just don't have the ability to right. even have clean clothes, exactly. like you just don't have the option. You know, um, I think that you know that being changed have now having that option just like you're not worried about it yeah. you're not like it's, it's, it's whether or not you girl. even got picked on or not like yeah. you're not worried about stressed out about that exactly what um what like is that like to the extent of what just like, is that kind of like the first step or is no, like yeah that's just like the first step to it and then like um and you have like and this is where you implement the parents into the school mm-hmm. you know like you get the community to start volunteering to come in and do this or Hey, you got two hours this morning to come in here and, and do this or two hours after school to come out here and, and sit with the kids, you know, Yeah. because you want them to feel secure with people that, you know, that they can trust is going to go in there and take care of them. Yeah. And it gives the, the parents and the other parents out here a chance to actually go in there and see what's going on with these kids. It kind of makes it kind of puts the responsibility back onto the parents of knowing what's going on with your kids, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. We get distracted. We get busy. We we're working. We're trying to take care of a home, but I feel like a lot of parents have have let it slip to be slowly responsible for the for the schools to take care of your kids. A lot of people use public school as mm-hmm. uh, as basically childcare. Exactly. So like implementing this program and telling them, hey, you got two hours available this week. Can someone sign up? You know, like we need you to sign up. It just gives you like the sense that you're actually doing something and taking a part. And I think like I've seen a lot of change in Kenosha. It's it's been minor, but it's been major to me because so many people have come come out of their houses and do stuff. Like we've been, I've been working with Miss um, Arnetta doing these food trucks. Okay. Um, so actually, Nick has started that from UBMW. He had got a call from um, an alderman, an ex alderman in Racine. And they had food trucks that they were about to start um, giving out box food to people. Mm-hmm. And did we want to get a part of it? So we did. We jumped on it right away, including Miss Arnetta from God's Kitchen in it. And um, we reached out. And when I reached out, we reached out to just everybody on social media. Yeah. And we're like, we need help. We need volunteers to unload this food truck. It was 1,100 boxes. <laughs> you yeah. know, we're getting at 8 o'clock in the morning. How do you figure out, you know, being someone who's, I'm pretty, like, ignorant to how all of that all mm-hmm. works. H- how do you guys, like, plan, like, a, okay, we're going to, like, where do you bring that food? Who, who are you looking to bring that food? How do you determine where you're going to do it? Well, um, I don't, I'm not sure who determined where to bring it. I think Miss Arnetta set it up to go for the first day. It went out to Model Market, which is a, is a corner store in one of the neighborhoods in Kenosha. And from there, she's gone over to the empty parking lot for Kmart. It's empty, so they just come and bring the trucks over that way. 
and they've been doing it that over at that location for the past three weeks. And okay. I think that's where it's going to be from now on. So, um, and how's that work then? Is it just, you know, fam, any, you know, families that just need food or yeah. whatever can come? Okay, yeah. Cool. And because of with COVID and everything, the volunteers that we have out there, we're the ones that's loading the cars, loading the boxes into the cars and then sending the families on their way. Miss Arnetta does a lot with the homeless. Like she started, um, she's been doing this for years. So she's been going out to uptown area where the homeless are sitting outside the burnt down buildings now, yeah. you know, and like she's been feeding the homeless people and she was feeding off her own dime, you know? Yeah. So when Senator Taylor had implemented these trucks or told us that we had these trucks, she's like sending more and more, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we had one and then like she called back two days later, we had two and I'm like, that's, Oh my God, that's a good deal. You know, right but when we did it and we, we sent out the call for help, so many people from the community showed up. And it wasn't just like black people. It wasn't just Mexicans or whites. It was like everybody. It was like it was somebody from everywhere, all over Kenosha. And that was amazing to me. Yeah. And that's the change that we need in Kenosha. You know, like uniting as one and coming together as one to heal our communities. And it's not just the black community or brown community. It's the white community as well. You know, like so everybody's getting involved and everybody's feeling a sense of responsibility to do something. You know. Yeah. And everybody is doing something. Like, we did the, the code and toy drive, and there's, like, six other ones going on, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. um, Boys and Girls Club, I guess, decided they weren't going to do it this year. And these kids rely on this every year for Christmas gifts because a lot of them don't get anything, and they're not doing it. So other the families are able to reach out to these other um, places that are doing these code drives or random people that are doing code drives and toy drives and yeah. and get signed up you know it's like sort of the community pulling their resources together exactly which is big. I, that's something i wondered too with like you know with with me even your organization even mm -hmm. with you know with ubmw all, all mm -hmm. that stuff like how how do you um organizations like you guys uh accumulate the funds to do the great things that you guys do <laughs> yeah it's like hard. I, I, i'd imagine <laughs> it's hard but is it so is it mostly like um do you do you find like donors is it like yeah we're okay. um a lot of people have donated um we I know Remax in Kenosha, a realtor. She just reached out. Like she had put a post up, and my partner, my friend, she reached out to this lady, and like they went out, and then her whole family were amazing, beautiful people. Just showed up with diapers and everything mm -hmm. for these families. Like, yeah. what do we need, and what what else can we do? And yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and it's like you really got people that's genuinely out there wanting to do something to help. You know, and everybody is understanding that times are hard right now. And it's hitting everybody. It's not hitting just one one class of people. It's hitting a lot of people. Oh know? yeah. So every everybody is at a disadvantage right now with, right. with COVID and everything going on. What um what's what have you been working towards currently? Like what's what's the next big big thing that you guys got going on? The next big thing that we're going that going on um is um we're setting up um a spring Easter mm -hmm. a Easter rally for um spectrum disorder kids for oh, okay you know so like we're trying to um get the dream the dream park and it has like all these different little mats and things like that for kids with spectrum disorder or mental disorders that helps them be comfortable yeah so we were trying to do a, um, a easter egg hunt like that but a big one but we're trying to get the all the equipment that we need mm -hmm. to make them feel like secure in the areas and not have 
as many breakdowns. Yeah. So because they can't just go to a regular Easter egg kind and just yeah, you know, just pick up an egg off the ground. So there has to be a certain way they do it. So how do things like this when when you guy when you have an idea or or a group that you're in has an idea where they mm. want to kind of get something done where where you maybe. Do you need to like accumulate enough money to then go in front of like the city and be like, this is we're going to do this here at this time? Or I haven't started reaching out to the city yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm proud of I was just I was wondering, too, especially yeah. with the with the BLM stuff and whatever before, because mm-hmm. I know obviously the tension and whatnot. Like, I don't know how receptive the city would be towards. Yeah. It. And then, like it's been it's been pretty cool, like working with people that I have been working with, like and just putting myself into the different positions that I have been putting myself into. I've come across like the getting to know the aldermans and their city board members or your county board supervisors and things like that. So I've opened myself up to a relationship with them so they can be involved and, and involving them in community activities. Like yeah. we have an alderman um Andy Burke, he's amazing. Like Andy shows up for everything. <laughs> Andy, mm-hmm. Anthony Kennedy um, oh, Anthony, I met Anthony Kennedy. Yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. And, and they show up for everything. And it's just like taking the time to, to let them know what's going on and, and getting them involved in it. I think it opens yourself up to the city opening themselves up to you and your de- your different ideas and your different approaches about things. Like I worry, like I'm worried now because like we just had a, a caravan that <laughs> kind of went haywire at the end, at the very end, mm-hmm. you know, and but I'm out here and I'm doing that, but I'm actually, but I'm also doing the community work as well. Yeah. You so know? for people that don't know what that is, what, what is the caravan? What was like doing um, the caravan? So the se. caravan was um, in protest is to bring awareness back to Kenosha um, about Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake was shot mm-hmm. seven times in his back by a, a police officer. And we haven't heard anything back from the DA on it. Yeah. You know, so it's like we're, where this is what we want. This is what we want for change. These are the five things that they want to implement, you know. So we're bringing this back to light because it's kind of gotten pushed to the back burner yeah. of things, and everybody's been quiet about it. But it's like we're still out there. His uncle's still here from uh, Illinois. He's out at the courthouse every day protesting. He'll yeah. be out there by himself sometimes. It's like, and he's out there every Monday through Friday, eight to eight to ten, and then he's back out there from three to five. You know. Yeah. What so. are the things that that maybe you personally, if you can't speak on behalf of some mm-hmm. of the groups, but w- that you want to see change? I just I want or, or that you want to see in this particular case, maybe. In this particular case, I really want to see um, action to be taken against this police officer. Accountability. He needs to be held accountable for what he done. And I feel like uh, he needs to be fired. I feel like he needs to be arrested and charged mm-hmm. and convicted of of uh, attempted murder. This boy is paralyzed for the rest of his life. He did this in front of his his kids in his car, you know, right there, and mm-hmm. the, in front of the neighbors. And it's just like it was horrific. It was horrific to see someone actually shoot seven times. I can understand if you shot once, but you shot repeatedly seven times. Yeah, well, and and I, you know, to disagree, I, I actually don't even think, and I, I have people will say that mm-hmm. I'm like radical about it, but I don't even think he should have been shot at all. No. I just really don't think, I, I, and that's yeah. just my opinion. I know everyone has their own whatever that with that police officers are allowed to, but my yeah. whole thing is like legality doesn't uh, equal morality. Exactly. And, and I also don't think that a trained police officer, when a man is turned you know, to his, he's on his mm-hmm. back, right? 
I just don't see how you can't um, disarm right. him if he even because that was the whole argument exactly. was that he was trying to hurt him or whatever, right. but he wasn't even facing you. So that's just my opinion on it. But I will I want to play devil's advocate for a second because people will say, uh, what do you what do you say to the people that would in response to what you just said, um, maybe say something along the lines of, well, that's that's how they're trained. They're trained to shoot until until they perceive them not a threat anymore. Wow. Because that, to me, what I, I, my whole, an issue that I have is I think that, like, I'm someone who believes that, like, systematically, I just don't think the way we police is right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there needs to be a lot of change oh, in yeah. that field, but oh, I, yeah. I just want to know what your take on yeah, that would be. Yeah, because definitely, like, if, if that's how you're trained, I feel like you need to be retrained. I think that the amount of training that they receive, that they're receiving, what is it, 750 hours mm-hmm. of training, that's not enough for anything. Mm-hmm. We have to go to um, to two and a half years of training for culinary arts, you know, yeah. or for all these other things. Four years training for for other for other jobs, simple jobs, yeah, that are not involving po- policing a community uh, community or taking the law into your hands. You know, like we're we're having actual four years training of this stuff, you know, and you get seven hundred fifty hours that that neglects you to be a police officer. Yeah. That gives you the right to determine if somebody is evil or not, and you can shoot them. Yeah, I you think know? it's it's a really it really is tricky, and I, I think a lot of people they they tune off like they tune out the second you uh, try and criticize the, right. the system in general. Um, right. And I think that that's dangerous because I, I I just think that it's a lot of it's backwards in the sense that you know some police officers don't even I believe don't even have to live where they're. Right. No, they're not. And they I know. think that that's I mean, I mean, that to me says a lot about um, about what's going on, where it's like you don't know these people, yeah. you know, and, I, and I, I've said it a million times on this show where um, something I was really thankful for when I was living out in Janesville was a lot of the police officers that I came into contact with. They played basketball with me and my college team and right. like a lot of and guys at the park like we'd all be playing with the cops. So like my friends, you know, black, white or whatever, don't if they get pulled over mm-hmm. that cop knows them they right. know them there's no reason for any you know no one is has any fear in their mind and and i think that i think that's a big thing is that we're all people and i think it, without having like the humanity part of it yeah. plugged in where you're just like oh yeah this guy can do whatever i think raymond when he was on the show mentioned something about um that we should be able like we have no stake in who gets to become a police officer yeah, in, we a, don't. in a town. And it's like, and we need to have a voice in that. Like, um, I know Racine has these places called cop houses, and mm-hmm. they have a house right there in the neighborhood. And a police officer is chosen by the people, you know, and some other officials, but they're chosen to who is going to stay in this house. And they actually stay in the house. The kids from the neighborhood are actually allowed to come to that house for study programs and doing things like that. Oh, really cool. Didn't know but about you, that. you're actually knowing who's patrolling your area, who's in your area, you know? Yeah. And and it's been amazing. It's been an amazing turnout because, like, they have one in one of probably the worst areas in Racine. I remember this place was, they, they what do they call it, Jakarta Drive? It used to be called Jakarta Drive. It's no longer called Jakarta Drive. Okay. <laughs> but, um, like, the place, the street was bad. The road was bad. Like they had all types of crime going on over there, and it's it's changed. Like I think they still have some stuff going on, but nothing to the extent that it was. Mm-hmm. And I think offering something like that to the, to these communities would help, and it would help alleviate a lot of the crime that they're seeing. Like I know the shootings have went up for some reason, 
in mm-hmm. Kenosha recently. Like it was just like kids were out there shooting each other, and it's just like, yeah, it's it's scary because you never know. Like you never know what's gonna happen. So outside of a police officer shooting, now you got these kids out here in the neighborhood shooting. And then you got people just coming into these different areas from all over the place and they're just camping themselves right there yeah we need to be able to police our own areas because you have a police officer that's two blocks down from a from where they just start shooting at and somebody was able to get shot and you're two blocks away yeah what are you really doing you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like um for police officers they need more training not only they need more training they need diversity training they need to be implemented into the neighborhood that they're going to be patrolling at you know Oh yeah, most definitely. I think that that's, <coughs> I think that's one of the, one of the biggest things that, that that I think needs to just be changed is just is just uh, I like I said before, people needing needing to know other people. I mean, you can't, yeah, you know, you can't grow up and it's it's not a knock on anybody's background, but you can't, basically, if you got <coughs> if you were raised under a rock, you yeah. know, your whole life, and then you just get plugged into the city of people you have no idea who they are, they're essentially animals to you mm-hmm. you know it, it, regardless of, of race or anything yeah. it's, they're just that that's your job right they're items that yep. you're watching and if one acts up you're trained to do this now i have a different issue with the way that <coughs> the, some of the training goes with disarming people and whatnot right. and shooting yeah, they're, and they're like they're trained to shoot to kill and they're yeah. they're trained to shoot to kill yeah. not shoot to disarm or shoot to maim yeah well, and that's the reason he shot seven times you know? i actually think if you watch the video he tries to shoot an eighth time but he's out of bullets but i, I I'd have to watch the video to remember, but it's yeah, and it's insane. and I've had people um, kind of come at me kind of nasty, but that's how they're trained. That's what I'm like, it, okay, if if that's what you're saying, which okay, cool, we're on the right. same page. I'm that's what I'm saying is that it's wrong how right. they're trained to do that, right? And I don't know. I think that uh, I also think that that argument kind of discredits any accountability that the right. guy would have to face. Exactly. Um, but what like with everything that's been going on and especially being, you know, in the thick of it, Kenosha has been on, you know, a global spotlight right now. Yeah. I mean, well, it's sort of died down, but it's still in, in the headlines from time to time. And it, yeah. everything is still very much fresh there. Yeah. With especially with Kyle Rittenhouse, with Rittenhouse and yeah. everything. And he just got, um, a $2 million bill, a million dollar bill and was able to bail out, you know? Yeah. That's like, insane. It's completely insane. And then, um, um, I guess his supporters call themselves coming out to support them. Like we've been tr- out there at the courthouse every day, mm-hmm. and they come out there with all their rifles. They they're staging themselves out in the civic park behind trees, and ones over here, ones over there, ones over there, you know. And like we show back up to protest, <laughs> you know, like and they're yeah. out there. So we're at basically getting to the middle of a debate with these people out there. And like, what, what is something that maybe you know being in in these like protest situations mm-hmm. or even maybe coming in face to face with these people what is something that what are the things that you're hearing from them that maybe like where where do you see because i don't really in a lot of ways for me i don't mm. see a whole lot of middle ground it's, it, it, it was crazy like <laughs> but like, like i want to know that like, was like my first that was my first time like actually having a, a conversation with these people and being it but it, it turned out good like well, I that's what I figured. It, when you it get did. It did turn out good because, like, once you start talking, if you're actually talking sense or you're talking reality, then people will actually start listening. And it, it amazed me that people were actually willing to have a conversation because when we first got there, there was nothing but hate. 
Yeah. Like, oh, y'all people and you people this and you people that. And I was like, who's you people? Because I wasn't burning down any buildings. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you people want to burn down your own buildings. Why would we want to do that? This is our neighborhood. Like this yeah. is where we go shopping at. This is the only places that we do have to go shopping in this neighborhood. Yeah. Some people don't have rides or transportation to get out to Summers to where they moved Walmart out to now. Yeah. And they purposely did that, you know? And then they took the only grocery store that they had over in this area. They they closed that completely down. Mm -hmm. So why would we burn down the only places that we have to go? Yeah. You know? So, no, we weren't burning places down. So what were maybe some positive conversations that you had with these um, people? Because obviously you're two very different. Yeah, I had a conversation with this man and his wife, and these people brought their kids out here. Okay. And they were out in support of, of Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse, okay. yeah. And I'm just like, none of them had, <laughs> none of them had masks on. First of all, so I'm gonna make sure we know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I, they're, that's they're the same people. <laughs> yeah, it's there's uh there's definitely some uh, crossover. Yeah. yeah. So and um, but I had a conversation with this man, and he started asking me, um, well, are well, are you saying that? You don't believe in self-defense? I was like, I believe in self-defense, but I believe as well Wisconsin, Kenosha in general, doesn't have a self-defense law. I was like, so how can he play self-defense in a city that doesn't have self-defense? Yeah. You know, I was like, and I was like, and for me, it's more of a concern that he was there and he's 17 years old. With the gun. That's With the gun. Because even the, the self-defense thing of them not having it in Kenosha, that kind of comes back to what we were saying before where, you know, that someone could argue, well, you know, legality doesn't equal morality, mm -hmm. right? So he was doing it. It was the moral thing to do. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I disagree because I don't think he needed to be there in no, general. He should never have been there. Antioch. And like and so I talked to him, I was like, you know, I was like I was like, as a mother, I wouldn't want my son to go out there even as a protest and uh, to a protest. That's why I'm out here protesting. I don't want my kids out here protesting and possibly get into a situation. Especially underage. I was like underage. I was like he was. I was like he's 17 years old. Uh, years old. I was like that's still a baby. I was like just like your son. I was like these two babies right here that's standing right next to you. I was like you think I would want to see them put into a situation where they had to make that choice to take somebody's life. Mm -hmm. I was like, and then to be congratulated about it, I was like, I was like, that's sick. I was like, that's sick for somebody to congratulate a baby for taking somebody's life and telling them that it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You took two men's lives and you shot another one and maimed them for the rest of his life. It's okay that you crossed the state line with an illegal purchase gun and shot and killed two people. Yeah, you know, like as a parent. Why would you why would you say that's OK? I was like, would you tell your son or would you want your son to do something like that? And they were like, well, no, but when, but he was doing self-defense. I was like, but why was he there in the first place? He should never have been there in the first place. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that to me is a problem. I was like, his parents should be charged. I was like, whoever brought him across state lines should be charged. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's a minor. I was like, and I was like, you guys, I was like, you're missing the whole complete point of what was going on. I was like, you're talking about the rioting and the looting and the fires. I was like, but you're not talking about the cause. Yeah, that's something that I, that's something that I, I've stressed a bunch on this show and even in conversations with people I know is that it, even in, in and this happens a ton in life where I see people and I get very frustrated and I have to calm myself down is that everybody will, will look at B, point mm -hmm. B and mm -hmm. be like, how? and and get all up in arms about this yeah. but they don't want to they skip a yeah. right they skip steps one two and three but yeah. they want to talk about four and it's like and this it's the same people 
who didn't say anything when uh and i and i just like you don't want to see buildings burnt down right i don't nobody wa- like right. nobody that is in a community wants to see that community burn right, right. i think that's pretty self-explanatory um and i think most people hold that view but it, it blows my mind how some of these people fail to see that they're they're choosing to be silent as things continually get worse and worse and worse but then the only time they speak up is after in fact the building burnt down how i don't understand how they do not see that they're empowering the people to go burn down more buildings yeah and that's what bothers me is that it's you know those same people who want to they want to talk about oh self-defense with self-defense well again you're skipping step a right how why was he there right right to do basically to to do fuck shit to yeah. to hope that something bad would happen and yeah. i don't think like you said he's a baby i honestly don't think i think he went out there like oh this right. is gonna be fun I yeah had, i had people message me um saying some pretty wild stuff that i had to, i had to check a couple people because they had made some comments that mm. were, they were like almost excited for things that were going down and i was like what are yeah. you talking about man we had we had a, um another alderman that's actually still sitting on a seat and he was talking about um Oh, so where which building do we burn down for at first is to target our um our goal? Just like talking this crazy racist ass stuff like like in as in regards to the protest or whatever. And it's just like and he's all online, he's saying these negative things, and he's still sitting in the seat making decisions for black communities. You know, like that's crazy. And it's just ridiculous. It is it's completely and totally ridiculous. And these people are out here and you're ta- talking about people burning down buildings. But you're not talking about the fact that the a lot the officers shot that man seven times in his back, mm-hmm. you know. Well, that's what bothers me is that that's, <laughs> that's where that's where I get very frustrated. You're not it's talking like, about that, and it's like, and then I was like, and what led him to shoot him in his back? I was like, because it's more, it's like even more stuff to that because it came from a whole bunch, a whole another place that has been systematically oppressed people yeah. that this racial discrepancy, this racial disparity that these people are suffering at the hands of others here in the city, in their, in your judicial system, in your police department, in your hospitals, in your jobs and everything else. I was like, and you're sitting there and you wonder why people are upset. You wonder why people are angry. We wonder why people explode and yeah. start breaking things and send things on fire, you know, like, yeah. And then that's well, what you want to talk well about. Well, they don't. Yeah, that's exactly. It. I think I forget how the quote goes, but like they don't. People don't want to say anything while you're you're being provoked. But mm-hmm. then the second you flip out, mm-hmm. they'll criticize you for it. Yeah. And that's that's literally what's going on here. Is that um, these these things are continuous and they're systematic, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. And people are subjugated to them on yeah. a, you know their entire lives. And of, of course, no one wants to see things burn right but if that's the only way that you got into the conversation you're empowering those people yeah so it's like you're your own enemy don't like you're that's because a lot of these people they they continuously move the goalpost right you'll be in a conversation with them about it and at first it's it's a self-defense thing and then it's well why are you guys burning down buildings like i get what or first it'll be you know well what what was what was he doing we got to trust the police officer then it'll come out okay it was it was bad bad boo-boo on the police officer Mm -hmm. they'll admit that and they'll be like but we shouldn't burn down buildings, right? And then it's right. like you keep moving the goalpost, but they don't want to talk about how we got there. And yep. that's, I don't know, that, that frustrates me tremendously. It, it does. It really frustrates me what, too because it's just like. What what have you, like, you know, being out in the, this is what I was going to get at a minute ago. Um, when when you're, you're out in Kenosha and mm-hmm. you're doing these things, these positive, you know, having a positive influence on the community, but all these, like, crazy, terrible things are happening, you know, where Kenosha's in the news for this insane stuff basically right. going on. 
what what has been your like takeaway from everything that's been going on like what what do you see where do you see like a light through all of this when i see the light when i help somebody else like when i can inform somebody of something that they didn't know about like mm -hmm. and it it makes you feel good because you didn't have i didn't have like the people reaching for me when i was a young mother you know a young single mother but being able to reach for a young a young mother out there struggling with her kids and just giving them courage to keep on going like encouraging them like uplifting somebody else and like walking away knowing that you just made a difference and made somebody else's smile just knowing that somebody else is there for them you know mm -hmm. and letting somebody else know that they're not alone you yeah. know it doesn't matter who it is it doesn't matter the race of the person or nothing like that because i don't it's just not important you know it's just the fact that somebody needs something yeah and just giving them just a sense of hope it it makes me feel good i think that's the light of everything that i'm doing out there because you, as you see it every day even when things are going as bad as it could possibly go something flips it around just one thing you know yeah, that's yeah. like one conversation that you just had with somebody and it makes it that much greater you know like and it makes you want to keep going out there because there's a lot of stuff that makes you want to just be like put your hands up with it and walk away yeah but that one that one little thing makes you stay out there and come out there the next day you know so i keep coming back you know like yeah, <laughs> and i keep yeah. going out there and i'm just but i'm i'm glad that i am this is like the most positive i've been in my life in a while you really? know yeah and like i'm that says something about everything that's yeah. going on you're able to stay as probably as yeah as happy, you say and as happy as yeah and and i was surprised like like I suffered depression, I suffered anxiety and depression, like severe um, anxiety and depression, like for about six years, and I haven't suffered not one day of like, like depression. Like I, I felt down and I felt like, oh my gosh, what's going on, you know? But I've been able to get back up from it, and I've been able to just keep going. And I, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling more confident in myself. I'm feeling more confident in my city. Mm -hmm. Like for years, I was just like, I can't wait for the kids to graduate so I can get the hell up out of Kenosha, you know? Yeah. And now I don't want to leave, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, yeah. and as bad as it can be, I don't want to leave because there's so many people here that needs help and like it needs to change. Like, can I saw police officers beat down black boys in the county and leave them out there, you know? This is going up in Kenosha. You you've seen them, like people just. Um, going to jail for the dumbest stuff and your whole life is ruined for 17 years you're you're battling a case 17 years that if you were a, a different complexion it would have been done and over within an hour you know mm -hmm. and then for the same crime you're as a black person you're suffering for 17 years for that like and there's no help and there's no resources to get you out of that situation it's like they want to make sure that you stay in that situation, stay in that mindset, stay in that that um, way of life that you're always going to struggle or always going to have to do yeah. things a certain way, you know? Well, and speaking of resources, I know you got, was, was that UBMW Corp or which, which organization was that? I know, I'm sure there were several that mm -hmm. were getting a lot of people registered to vote out in Kenosha, I believe, um, right? Yeah, that, that was us. We were out there. I know... Um, 
Charmaine Harris was working with a, a group. We were I worked with um, working fra- working parties family mm-hmm. uh, for of Wisconsin. Um, we worked with Wisdom with Charmaine. Um, there was quite a few others. Um, for Joe Biden, vote for Joe. Yeah, that was another organization. So there was like so many different organizations out there yeah. during the campaigning, and yeah. that like. We we did door to door things where we we're just passing things out or putting them in the doorways for a couple of weeks, and then we went and did the canvassing where we were actually door to door knocking and talking to people. That was amazing to me. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were talking to everybody. It was like it was crazy because you would have conversations with people that were Republicans and people that were um, Trump supporters, diehard Trump supporters, but some people got some negative responses back. Mm-hmm. I didn't, for some reason, get like negative responses back because I maybe because I just talk too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I'm, just, you, I'm gonna you. talk you down, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. So like I'm just like, but I enjoyed it because I got to see. It's already neighborhoods that I've already known. I've been in. Like I've had mm-hmm. friends all over. You raised in Kenosha. You eventually gonna hit every spot. But to actually see the people that's living in those um, neighborhoods and talk to them, it was pretty good. Like I felt. I felt real confident and turning Kenosha blue. We didn't make it, but we were trying. Mm. Like I know it was a difference. It was like seven thousand votes that we lost by in two thousand sixteen. Mm. This year was like two thousand. Yeah. So <laughs> we yeah. did something, yeah. you know. So and more people that wasn't that were more likely not gonna vote voted. So yeah, which I think is is big. And I I, I um I don't know if you feel this way too, but I, I think. Even even in in our conversations uh, prior to this on, mm-hmm. on the phone and, and talking with Raymond and um, I think a lot of um, like uh, the positive for me that's come out of this is that a lot more people are becoming plugged in mm-hmm. to the local politicians yes. and to the and to obviously to the mainstream stuff yeah. as well. I mean we have the most voters of mm-hmm. all time um, in the presidential race, but I think that it's you know you we, we were even we were just mentioning and um, was an alderman that's still on. Mm-hmm. Um, who may or may not have been saying a bunch of, mm-hmm. you know, sus shit oh, on, yeah. online. And so I think um, just getting people to be aware yeah. of, like, who is making the decisions for you, What right? are they deciding on? You know, like, it, that and too. that's what we're trying to do, too, is, like, instill, like, a program where, like, maybe an email system or a text alert system, mass text alert, like, hey, so they're deciding on this, and this is what you can do. This is what time the meaning is. Like, this is when, when it's meaning. Yeah, <coughs> this is who your ottoman is. Like, yeah, I think them. that stuff is crazy. And and you know that that reminds me of the direct ballot initiatives that I don't know if if you paid any attention to that that happened in this past election. But like, drugs won <coughs> tremendous. Like mm-hmm. like out of the entire election, like drugs were the winner. Like yeah. any every state that had a direct ballot initiative that yeah. was like in legalization of anything, yep. they that passed. Yeah, they just decriminalized weed in Wisconsin. That's past week. that's crazy. That's <laughs> they crazy. just decriminalized it, so I'm just like, I'm like, that's great. That's and what they needed because yeah. they they were fight they fight hard for that or against it, and they were like, we're not doing that. Like, yeah. we're gonna stay make money off of uh, people having an ounce of weed in their car, yeah, a gram of weed. You know, yeah. like, like we're gonna study make you or make you pay and suffer for it. So by de- decriminalizing that, I think that's a good, uh, great. Yeah, I think it's um. I think it says something too about uh, direct democracy, mm-hmm. in that I think you know a lot of times, and that's why I think that's why I think some states, because I know it's not even allowed in some states to do mm-hmm. direct ballot initiatives, and that's why I think a lot of the political system is is set up kind of backwards, because right. they they don't want uh, 
you or I to have say in right. directly because they want, like you said before, what yeah. are they deciding on? Exactly. They're they're doing they're giving each other the runaround so they can all stay yeah. making money and they can all yep. fight with each and other. And it's so easy to get those people out of those seats. Like these people, I know this one guy. He sat in the seat. He's still in the seat uh, by getting 19 votes. Jesus. <laughs> and he's yeah. a bigot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, so we all we need is 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like do you, we, so do you have to live in Kenosha then to yeah. be? Okay. Um. So you live in the districts that you're that you're um an ottoman of, and um. But there's people are there's a lot of those seats are coming up, you know. Yeah. So what we need to do is boost up and back up enough people or somebody that we're secure in having in those seats and give them the support that they need to go and replace these people. You yeah. know, like get people that's out there for the community, for the people that's willing to work and figure out things and adjust these legislative laws and things like that. That is going to help us fire and commission. Um, Fire and Police Commissioners Board has a, um, I believe their presidency seat is coming up oh, in the okay. spring election. Like, wow. I got this one guy in mind. I'm like, you need to do this. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like, we need you. And he's like, I don't think you guys need me. No, we need you. Like, yeah. he's a beast. Like, he's a beast. You see him in all the memes, and he's just, like, on fire all the time. And he's really, he's really upset. And, like, and I'm like, that's, I was like, that's where you use your, your privilege. You know, mm-hmm. and I hate to say it, but you use your privilege to get into that that position and you make a change. You make the change that needs to be made, you know, yeah. especially when you don't agree with a lot of the mess and the nonsense. And he's very informative. He's very open to letting people know or telling people what it is that they need to know and guiding you, you know, like, like, let me know, like, tell me so I can learn, you know, yeah. like I've always voted like I always voted in the spring um, elections anyway. But so many people don't, and so yeah. many people don't realize the importance of them voting in the spring elections. Like they need yeah. to know those. Well, that's that. that's what something that's crazy with me too is that um, I think that I, I also think that we need more uh, people. People will always go, "Oh, I, I hate the two party system and whatever and whatnot." But then we don't get anybody to mm-hmm. run in a third party seat right. for anything other than presidency. Why are why why is the Green Party trying to run for the presidency? For presidency. Why aren't they trying to get, you know, an <laughs> alderman or at least like local spots right. first so that we can start becoming more accustomed to these yeah, things? Yeah, accustomed to what they are offering or what they're talking about. Yeah, I because like, I, one campaign ad right mm-hmm. before the presidential election is not going to do no you're not winning an election, yeah. you know? And that's yeah. what bothers me is that it's like this illusion of a third choice, yeah. but it's not really and there. And then they're like, "Oh, well, we got another party that's out there." Well, who are they? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do they believe in? What are they fighting for? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Well, next time because this time, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, exactly. I'm so sorry, but we don't need them yeah. right now. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, we could have backed them if we known about them, but go next time. Like, but until then, let's find out about that person. Let's push them forward. If you can push yeah. them forward, let's find out what he's doing or what they're doing or what their ideas are. Well, take the same steps. If you only need 19 votes to beat somebody <laughs> in Kenosha, you know, take the steps to figure that out. Exactly. Right? And get yourself out there and get yourself involved because that's what's going to push you forward. And that's, and I'm telling you that I'm, I love that the community is out there doing stuff. We have Portia Bennett that's out there that's all over the place. And she's doing amazing things down there. Like she's getting together groups or whatever of um, the um, officials talking with the community members, you know. So and it's been amazing watching her grow and do the things that she's doing. Yeah. And um, and we have um, Nick 
and Nick, of course, he's very strong and he's very verbal about everything that he's doing. And V, they're working with victims of families, you know, or families of victims. And, and like the stuff that people are doing are actually um, building in Kenosha is really amazing. Like you're you're seeing so many people that would probably be still sitting at home or going to work out there actually making a point to get involved. It's been really good. Keith Richards, Richmond is an artist in Kenosha, and he just did this amazing mural on the side of um, Golf Gas Station, gas station on 28th Avenue and 52, 52nd Street. Okay. And it's a mural, and, like, it's um, like a six-panel pa- six mural, I believe, but it goes from one side to the other, and it just shows the different things that's happened in Kenosha, like Kylie Jugger, who was shot by her boyfriend. It shows Jacob Blake. It shows just everything. You know, like, it's really good, so you have to look it up. Yeah, I have to check that and, out. But he's about to do another piece, like, and it's all about Kenosha. It's all about unity. It's all about the communities, and, like, more and more people are doing things. You know, so I believe it's, I believe the change is coming. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't, think that we don't need the police (laughs) like like that's not my thought process whatsoever i think we need change within our police um our policing and i think that if we if we work together then we can get that change you know like we can get people that's actually good officers we do have some good officers out there and there's just some bad apples that you know in the bunch and I think I think transparency. Um, yeah. I know you were. I think we'd both mentioned before, like uh, the way that a lot of these systems are set up is so that we can't figure it out, or we're stuck in the mm-hmm. same way, and that or or you have people that like you don't even know what they're deciding on. What do they do as yeah. an alderman, right? And you don't even know. I think, I think a big thing uh, that we really need to see, not just in Kenosha but everywhere, everywhere. Is, is transparency. It's transparency. What are these people mm-hmm. doing? What? Because that's the thing. I and. You don't. We don't see it a lot, and unless you're someone who watches 24-hour-a-day C-SPAN, you right. don't even know what our <laughs> politicians do, right? right? And and it it's almost frustrating to the point where it, it makes it makes people. It's frustrating when it when it feels like people like you or I have to go out and do something when when we're supposed to have these people that mm-hmm. you know are supposed to be public servants, right? And they're not. Right. They're they're self-serving. Oh yeah. Trying to stay in this election, they're just campaigning for the next yep. election. They're just trying to win elections, yep. not not do and things for people. And they're not even people. campaigning. This like, and it's weird because they're not even making a campaign. Yeah. Because they know people aren't going to come out there and and, and vote. vote. Yeah, and that's what's that's something that's scary too. Was a lot of people like almost deterring people from voting, yeah. which was kind of yeah, you know, weird like, for me. It is weird, and then it's like it's weirder when you have black people trying to deter you from voting or getting out there to vote because it's like, hey, yeah, you might not feel like your voice is important, but hey, our voices made a difference. If y'all didn't see that difference, I I would <laughs> yeah, I would I would have to argue to whoever that was. Uh, that yeah, it, I'm just like, what are you talking they're about? They're very wrong. I was like, we were red state. We turned. Wisconsin Blue. Yeah. I was like, um, what's um, what was the black lady's name in, in Georgia? Got eight hundred thousand. She got eight hundred thousand new people to register to vote, I believe. Yeah. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a difference. I was like, that's. I was like, yeah. you make a difference. I, I was like, it's important. It's important that you know what yeah. your voice and what your vote matter can do. Yeah. And if you do it in your local elections, just like you did it for the presidential election, that's going to be even more of a hit. Yeah, you know? you're going to start seeing the changes you, you can, want exactly, immediately. Immediately. And these are immediate changes on the laws that's right there affecting your everyday life. 
mm-hmm. affecting your housing, affecting your work status. Well, that, that's deciding whether you get that new park yep. or you get the new rec center, yep, right? Exactly. That's, those you are get those your decisions. Roads fixed, you know, yeah. like in all types of stuff. And it's just like, I was like, you guys, I was like, they, that, that, our local elections are important. And this is what we need to get out there and do, you know? And I just wish people would just stop talking so, just being so negative and talking down on everything because. If you're talking down on things, you're never gonna give your, give ourselves a chance to change anything, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, stop being so negative. Like, open your mind a little bit. That's a cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you gotta you gotta be open to change, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just keep yeah, calling step out outside that. of your box because I I have and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What What do you think? Um, what do you think? Kenosha needs, um, or maybe even I'm sure in a broader sense, America. What do you, What do you think we need to heal? right now what we need to heal is love and we need unity if we get unity then i think that's if we get people to to stop being afraid to show love Mm -hmm. because of what somebody else is going to think about it i think that'll get give the community the healing that they need because so many people are afraid to say like well i agree with you Mm -hmm. i i think that needs to change too yeah. And there's not enough people saying that. And Why do you think people are afraid? Because they don't want to be talked about. They don't want to be talked down on. You know, they don't want to be, uh, well, part of a controversy. If we stop making everything negative about. Stop making it a controversy. Yeah, right? stop yeah. making it a controversy, then you won't feel like it is, you know. Yeah. So, like, yeah, if we get out there yeah, and do that. Yeah, I get that 100%. <laughs> um, now, where how can people get involved or donate to either your organization or ubmw any of those guys out there um well we're all online so everybody's online i haven't set up my website or anything like that but i'm online as elizabeth webb and um my page is open and i'm i'm developing a website for on facebook right? on facebook, facebook you mean? Mm-hmm. okay so elizabeth and webb UBMW, on facebook yep ubmw they have their site up um their page up so they're public as a public site as well and yeah they're just here in kenosha yeah. we're gonna um do a, a couple more events we have a we're doing a big event for the the gift the gifts part mm-hmm. of donation of the donations so we're gonna be doing um we're still trying to find our place like where we're doing it at but we're doing like a christmas carol with oh, the activists cool. <laughs> so cool, cool, cool. That'll <laughs> you be know fun. To, nice. to deliver the gifts so um i'll let you know like yeah yeah I'll get absolutely. My, everything well you you're the one that's like in tune with the website <laughs> yeah well we yeah we, we've got a website we've got that figured out i guess but yeah we well, absolutely yeah, have to spread like, it that way really we've been doing the, the protesting and things so it's been boots like, on the ground boots stuff on the ground. which is important which yeah. is important yeah, and I'm like, I'm up to meet my neighbors. Like, I, I talk to everybody. Yeah, which <laughs> is know? another important factor. Yeah, and just it's, talking and with each other. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, it's been really good, though. Good. I'm glad to. He- I'm glad to hear it. We're we're approaching the hour mark, so I don't know. Do you have any questions for me? No, there. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I just want. If you have any questions for me or detox, that I I really appreciate you being on. I appreciate uh, you guys coming on. I appreciate you opening it back up to me again. I was like. So disappointed when I had to cancel the last one. I was like, oh man, I was yeah. like, here. <laughs> well, actually, real, I I want to maybe this would be kind of I don't know if you're open to talking mm-hmm. about it, but I my audience because they obviously were expecting you oh, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So it, what happened? What happened so that they can understand okay. what happened last so, time? So um, last night my daughter left and she doesn't have her license, 
it's just her fault yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. Okay. but she um <laughs> she, she's, she's here <laughs> she's here yeah. but um she's she's got to get together now so but i guess so she got pulled over and then um she failed to stop to make a complete stop at the south side and this is a block from like on the block from my house at the end of the block mm-hmm. and she crossed the street they pull her over and arrested her but then they charged her like with like for bail jumping charges and this and that it was like it was how did crazy. they even do the mental gymnastics oh to my God. i have no idea and yeah. then it was like so made up it was so made up they so her bill went from three hundred dollars which i had to thirteen hundred dollars so i'm i'm debating i'm like hitting people up like we made so how, wait how did they from for like not re- let's say rolling a stop sign how mm-hmm. did they come up with you're going to jail. We're you're arresting going to, you because they they put a bench warrant out. I guess she missed court. She didn't miss court. She went to court. They rescheduled it. It was during the pandemic, okay. so she went to court. They said they were going to reschedule it, but she never got the rescheduled court date. Mm-hmm. So they said she bailed up there she, because she didn't go to court, but she never got the court date. Yeah. So and then they said they gave they attempted this um, to give her another court date again. So it ended up being like four charges of bail jumping. Wow. For one court date. <laughs> and it really? was like and it was weird. I was like, that's like we already paid that fine. You know, like we had already paid that fine and mm. whatever. It's just about the her license. She wasn't able to get her license for a long time. Like she got into a fight when she was sixteen in school mm-hmm. and they told her she wouldn't be able to get her license and they just wouldn't allow it. So for a year she couldn't even get her license. You know, like she okay. kept going out there. And they kept telling her, well, you got to go um, go to court and do this and do that. So, and eventually she just kept working and didn't really worry about it, you know. But now she's got her, her probationary license and she has her um, the actual test, the driving test set up. Yeah. But, yeah, and then the DA was pissed um, while he's in court. Like, he's getting real flustered, real pissed off because he was like, they worded it wrong. Like, it was something that was rushed. They threw together real fast to to um, give her the four the four um, bail jumping counts, and they worded it wrong. So by them wording it wrong, they dismissed the <laughs> the charges right then. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> like wow. they the the judge he was like, well, yeah, I. So the DA wanted yeah. it to go through though. Yeah. Oh. And I believe it was just because of the fact that we've been protesting him. <laughs> like and, and they she's know, they know and you. she's yeah, yeah they know me they my daughter they know my kids like my son and her and then she's been out there protesting with me right along with me she's been out with jacob blake or jacob blake's uncle justin blake she made a commercial for um voting (laughs) with justin blake you know she's on there nice and we're right we're literally right there in uptown area so yeah they just try to make it really really hard and they but lost. it got you got it sorted out though, yeah. so that's good. <laughs> that's lost. good. We're we're yeah. here now. We made it back, so I'm glad. I'm glad we were able to get you on the show. Yeah, me too. I, I really appreciate. It. I really appreciate me you coming too. out. I appreciate everything you're doing. Um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, I can get some time to get out to Kenosha and maybe yeah, come to one of these events. Yeah, you gotta or come out because um, well, I know they have this decision coming up pretty soon, mm-hmm. and I know they're setting up um like a rally just a. That's a make people aware that this decision is about to come out, you know. Yeah. And the expectations of the family for our community. So hopefully, 
we don't get the robbing and the looting and hopefully the decision is a good decision you yeah. know so we don't know what he's gonna say and just hope for the best so yeah. that should be what that within by like the 18th i believe the week okay. of the 18th okay yeah it's crazy the end of 2020 it's it's uh reaching its climax it feels right. like at this point it's all peaking right, right now it's crazy um no yeah with with all with all that where so i guess one last time where do, where can people find you or any last words you have for people that are watching um, the show just or listening? Look, um look for me on facebook for um elizabeth webb and look for my sister's house mm -hmm. i have plenty of uh flyers going around on social media and things like that so my sister's house you can reach me on my cell phone because it's already public knowledge now so okay. um 847-971-6187 and you can reach me at that number if you want to get involved, if you want to donate, or if you know or are a family that's in need. Mm -hmm. We are reaching out for more families still, so trying yeah. to see what we can do for the holidays for somebody. So That's yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. well th again, thank you for being on. I want to say uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in live. Um, thank mm -hmm. you to those that are listening, on if this is the next day or whenever you're listening over on Spotify. Um, and uh, thank you to our patrons. Mm -hmm. They'll be on the screen right now. Um, you guys supporting the channel really appreciate you uh, helping us do what we do every week. Um, so if you there's some exclusive content over there. If you guys want to become a patron, uh, go to Patreon.com/DarrenRita to become one of those. Um, other than that, uh, this has been episode 75 of the Detox <laughs> Podcast with Elizabeth Webb. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah, and and thank you everybody <laughs> for watching. I'll